Hello, I'm Lydia. And I'm Chris. Welcome to Coffee Rise and Questions. This podcast features stories from the people we got to know while traveling. Because everyone has a story to tell. All right, welcome to our second episode. I'm Chris. And I'm Lydia. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in. Today we have uh, another very interesting podcast interview guest, or uh, rather two guests um, for you. People, um, a very nice couple that we met in Malaysia on the island of Langkawi. Right, Lydia? <laughs> yeah, we met uh, Noi and Calvin and they um, own a cafe. It just recently opened, the Bonobo Cafe. And um, Calvin is originally from the US and he met Noi while traveling in Malaysia. They fell in love and they're now married. Um, Noi is, is expecting um, her first child. Their first Their child. First child. <laughs> It's not only hers, I guess. And um, yeah, I think it was super interesting um, what kind of insights they gave about the Malayan culture. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot about like intercultural relationships, about where maybe the Western culture kind of um, con yeah, conflicts with Malay culture or South Southeast Asian culture. But yeah, we don't want to spoil anything. So, um, so without any further ado, uh, here is Calvin uh, and Noi and Lydia and me. basically just met you in your cafe <laughs> kind of so uh, this is I guess sort of a new new project um, we just started sort of renovating this building it used to be the reception for a hotel and the hotel is still there it's just behind us they moved the reception and we rented this little room and uh, it just it's like it's a square room and two of the walls are pretty much all windows And uh, there's some plants around the corners, and it just looks like it needs to be a cafe. Mm -hmm. uh, so in early July, I guess? Yeah, July. We just rented it, and then day by day, just kind of making tables and painting it, and turned it into a cafe. And that was like a little over a month ago, and now we're open. And mm -hmm. uh, we have new customers every day. <laughs> <laughs> We've just been open for three days. And uh, that's how we met uh, you guys. Yeah, that's right. I think and our yeah. seventh customer. <laughs> Something like that. Nine. Ninth customer. Yeah, ninth. We can chat. We have this app. There's this cool app that uh, it's for like a cafe or any kind of point of sales thing. And it works on your phone. Uh, it's called Loiverse. Yeah. And it, it's a free app and it just lets you like keep track of your sales and look at the um, statistics. You can even like uh, look at a page and search your sales data and kind mm -hmm. of get useful information about that. Okay. And uh, it's a uh, it's a cool little app. Yeah, and it's free. Yeah, but if you want like advanced one, you have to subscribe like maybe hundred ringgit a month. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, it works for us, and we could yeah. actually look into it and see your guys's order. We can call it up and find out even exactly when you placed your order, and mm -hmm. it's really cool. It's really cool. It really organizes a lot of the uh, book work and stuff. And did you search for a place long time ago, or was it always your plan to open a cafe here? Or was it more like spontaneous? You saw that place. It's it so like up. random. Actually. It's so random, so yeah. spontaneous. <laughs> I mean, we always talked about opening something. Yeah, like a bar or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like something new in our our life. Because I think we want to 
like do something new besides our online market like mm-hmm. it's it's boring if you just like stay in, in like mm-hmm. one thing you know like so you need a new a new yeah. newness yeah. in your life we're just like uh, mostly doing computer work mm-hmm. and um yeah <laughs> so, so the problem is when you're traveling and working on your computer, you get to work in a lot of cool different places. But when you start to settle down and you work on your computer, it starts to get kind of isolating. Hmm. Um, so we sort of saw this coming, uh, especially, I, I really saw this coming for Noi because she used to, before she did the computer work, hmm. uh, she worked on a, a, a resort and she really liked that, interacting with people and stuff. But uh, anyways, we just kind of uh, decided we needed to do something to get us out of the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, you you worked as a artist as well, right? Or you you were still working as an artist? Right? Yeah, yeah. So um, a long time ago, I used to make furniture, and then I went traveling, and then I was like, how do I fund that? So then I just figured out how to work online, uh, and then I just traveled for like seven years. Uh, wow. So and then. Um, Eventually, I met Noi, and then <laughs> got married. That's so cute, and, <laughs> and, and I rescued her from that uh, private island that was sort of. Yeah. Uh, but she was interested in the computer work right away, so I got her the computer, and she she learned about it. Uh, but um, I think she missed the resort work, the, the bar work. Yeah, so of course. It's like sometimes we can stay at home at least like one week without going anywhere yeah. and sometimes we're like I need to see people like I need to talk beside you like, <laughs> like I, I, sometimes I'm tired of your voice already like I need, <laughs> I need a new voice in my ears <laughs> yeah yeah you love to help people you love yeah. to make stuff for people and, uh, yeah so we were thinking uh, a guest house or a cafe yeah a while ago but it was just kind of like one of those things like you just say like yeah, someday we'll do that. Someday we'll do that. And then suddenly this place came up for rent and maybe in like six hours we decided to put down the rent and then it's like, then it just automatically happened after that. Because it, it's like this dream you have in the future, like we'll do something, we'll make a cafe, and then suddenly you're paying rent on a building and you're like, okay, so today I guess we're gonna be working on that. And we just <laughs> just did that, like every day, like painting it, making a table, doing a thing, yeah. and then... Just the two of us. Yeah, and like no 30, one else, yeah. a little over 30 days, it was just like done. Like it was just like, oh, it's a cafe. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we can see it now. Yeah, yeah it's really cool. <laughs> it's a, I think it's amazing what you can do if you can listen to a podcast and then just make something, you know? Yeah. You can work for like 10 hours, just like jamming away, listening to stuff. That's stops, true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I want, I want to hear this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And may I ask how you guys met? Oh, God. <laughs> well, okay, so uh, like we met story. on Tinder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we met on Tinder in Langkawi. You want a long story or a short story? <laughs> <laughs> kind of depends on you guys, how much time you have. <laughs> and what you want to share. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we uh, met on Tinder in Langkawi and um, we had a date at the the Hugging Hippo Cafe. Mm. It's it's one of those cafes that has the problem of most cafes in Asia. It's like to have a, a good cafe, you need to have good coffee, 
uh, air conditioning, Wi-Fi, and comfortable chairs. Yeah. And there's something about Asia where they'll they'll just totally miss two of them. <laughs> they'll have comfortable chairs and fast Wi-Fi, but terrible coffee. They try to put like a team, like a different kind of team in one place. Yeah, like so like tiny uncomfortable chairs theme. That seems to be really the <laughs> yeah. common one. Hmm. Like there's a cafe in Penang that has everything. Like it's beautiful inside. They have Wi-Fi. They have outlets. They have amazing coffee and snacks and, and cake. Like uh, not not cafe really amazing like actually for me. Okay. Like, <laughs> but, but they have these tiny <laughs> chairs. Like there's literally two normal chairs in the whole building, and then mm. you have to like worry about are we going to get to sit in the normal chairs or the chairs for the preschool? Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. they look like. These little box chairs. Or the vinyl like one. Thirty centimeters off the ground, and then you have these tiny tables. And I don't know who designed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they were, I don't know. It just wasn't designed to hang out there for a long time. It's like they designed the chairs like drink your coffee and then leave. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I see that too much. It's a it's a real bummer. Yeah, I was noticing um, that you put little plaques um, like on the when we're sitting and drinking our coffee earlier mm-hmm. that you have little outlets where you can actually charge your computer and yeah, it's, yeah. it invites you to sit maybe longer, charge your yeah. computer and just work or something. So we were trying to find like a perfect cafe for us before in Langkawi like to work and then have a coffee like where we can sit with the outlet where the Wi-Fi was not broken or something but we just can't find it so we tried to build it one maybe at least one place in Langkawi like like that yeah. so we try to rely realizing how is it mm-hmm. how is it again like realizing that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> realize, realize yeah. it yeah that's my broken English. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but is it something that, um, in your opinion, a lot of Westerners do come here and open a cafe, or is it like hard? Because I know from other countries that when you, I don't know, from Europe or from from the US, and you want to open something, it's a terrible drag to like get the lease or to find something. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think here it's really easy. You don't see a lot of foreigners doing it though, because uh, you can't do the 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 legal stuff in your foreign name you have to do it in a local's name Mm -hmm. so that obviously discourages investors because they're like i got to put all this money into this and then i got to turn it over to this random local so it only works if you're married to a local or have some close friendship with a local who can help you arrange that and who you who you can trust so i think that's why you don't see it so common uh yeah in malaysia at least i don't know about thailand i feel like it's more common in thailand but it also could be there's just more western people marrying Thai people, which has always been a mystery to me because my experience of Thailand uh, as an American is it's very strange. It's a beautiful country and the, most of the people are really nice, but I don't feel like I, I connect with the people in Thailand. Mm. They're very strange the way that they act, the body language, um, the way that they talk, the things they talk about. Yeah. Um, but in Malaysia, is like night and day compared to Thailand. Malaysia is like very westernized. It it's definitely has the the Islam thing throughout everything. I think it's But just Langkawi actually because they were exposed to a lot mm-hmm. of like tourists coming could here. Be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because in Sabah they were yeah. a bit different. In Sabah where my hometown is, even even me, like they thought I was like a white people. Not mm-hmm. white people, maybe like Nigerian okay. or something because the way I dress over there, like there's this one guy just stopped his car just to ask for, for my phone number. I was like, yeah. Okay, and they even talk English with me. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. they think like, you're a foreigner. They, they they, thought I was a foreigner. Like, or a, a big city girl or something. They're like, that's my ticket out of here. <laughs> But in Ankara, can we, like, can we maybe try to adjust your microphone oh, sure. to the other side? 
I now. How does that sound? Oh, it's any way better? better. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Were we getting an echo from over there? Or? Yeah, yeah, kind, kind of. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but now it's good. Great. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. No, it's uh, so <laughs> I already finished my story, so I can. <laughs> okay. Well, I think um, may, maybe it's just the places I've been, but at least Flankawi, this island, and Penang, a nearby island, and um, the major places I've been, like Kuala Lumpur, they're very westernized. Yeah. And the people there are, you know, you shake hands, you smile at each other. There's nothing weird, like nothing missing. Whereas in uh, certain countries in Asia, I feel like there's something really different, which is fine. It's really different culture. But uh, th that just goes back to what I, what I meant about, I always wondered why foreigners married Thai people more often than Malay people. And I think it's just because the religious thing makes it easier in Thailand and much harder here. Mm. Uh, even if somebody is not religious at all, if their parents are religious, then you're a part of that system, and you, the government and the religion is pushed together. You know? yeah. yeah. But um, in Thailand, it must be just easier. But Thai people in general, I feel like there's they have less in common with Westerners than most of the Malays that I've met. I mean, also you have like the the colonial background in Malaysia, which yeah. maybe is another reason you have like I think that definitely in plays influence in a way. You have like yeah. well, yeah, you know, there's a really interesting thing here where there's a certain generation of uh, older people who speak English, yeah, like like they like an old man, and it's because uh, when they were a kid, that was when the British had yeah. some kind of power. I'm not an expert in the history, but yeah. they had some kind of influence here. And they controlled the schools, and they learned English. So you yeah, can actually British, British, mm -hmm. uh, Netherlands. That's it. That's that's mm -hmm. the country that conquered like the Malay land for maybe a hundred years. Mm -hmm. And then the Japanese came. So the Japanese is the the last one to conquer mm -hmm. Malay. Mm -hmm. Malaysia. Yeah. Then we get our independence fifty years ago. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. The Independence Day is coming up, right? At the end of August. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. 31st of August. Um, how old is your dad? 67? 67. Yeah. <laughs> so he, um, he, can, he, he doesn't talk much, <laughs> but what, he can speak English, even yeah. though he, he has never been to a Western country. No. He's lived his whole life in these small, essentially these, a small island and then a small village. Mm -hmm. And his entire family for generations back has been in that place essentially, but he can speak English. Yeah, that's amazing. And he went to mm -hmm. a school when he was young that taught him how to speak English. Yeah. And uh, you, can, you can talk to people in Malaysia who you almost nowhere else in Asia could you even communicate with them. But here you can talk to them and ask them questions about the history and what it was like then. And uh, it's, it's really, it really helps. And I think it does have some effect on even the younger generation. But it's also weird is you'll, you'll see people who are 65, 70 years old who can speak English, but, you know, Uh, 45 to 50 no usually they don't yeah, speak English really at all hard. they just miss that generational mm. that generational thing um, so there's a gap and then again I think maybe 30 years old 35 years old and less they sp all speak some English but not everybody mm. speaks clear English um, yeah, I mean is it, is it taught in school today? Yeah. English yeah probably right? yeah it's one of the main subjects actually But most of the kids nowadays, you know, like phone and everything, they, they got more knowledge from the internet than the school. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Your younger sister, she can speak English, but she's too shy. I don't know, maybe she got broken English like me. Even, I don't... Well, the English they teach in school is 
from people who, who are in that generation who didn't grow up speaking English. So they missed out on it. So hmm. they're teaching now because, you know, the, the 60 years old, the 70 years old, they learned from actual English people from England. Yeah. And then, you know, two, there's a few generations or a generation gap there. And then the school teachers who are teaching uh, the 15 year old kids, the 20 year old kids, whatever, in that area. They didn't grow up speaking English. No. They learned it later in their life, and it's messed up. So then they're teaching this sort of messed up English. Yeah, um, yeah. But the internet helps now because yeah. her younger sister doesn't have the best English teacher in the school, and but yeah. she has the internet. But it's really bothering me though. Like she's constantly on the phone every time. Yeah. Like they kind of rude sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like this kind of teenagers. Like mm-hmm. yeah. just teenagers in general, though. I yeah. Think yeah. <laughs> Like, and now they have phones. I don't know and how I'm gonna raise my son in this kind of like gadget world right now. Yeah, I, I think know. the problem with that is the internet. I think the gadget's fine, laptop is fine, iPad is fine. It's the internet, it's YouTube and games. That's a problem. They will find a way to get a Wi-Fi. You know? Yeah, like, maybe. Like, I want to be like someone else. They got like Wi-Fi from. from the <laughs> yeah, that's. Cafe. I don't know yeah. what that will be like because yeah, if your kid is always asking you like. I want to have this other thing that my friend from school has, you know, and then you're, how do you explain to them that's like not good for you and kids? Yeah, uh, yeah. also, I mean, like, uh, traveling has totally changed uh, now with the internet because I can yeah. remember back in 2012, there was not like a lot mm-hmm. of, yeah. there, there was Wi Fi, but like smartphones weren't a thing. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Uh, so we were traveling through India. Mm-hmm. With, like without without a smartphone, mm-hmm. with no internet, mm-hmm. just with a map mm-hmm. from yeah, from web like cities, like mm-hmm. old school maps, <laughs> yeah. and we're just asking around. Yeah. That's I mean, all. Like that's the better like yeah. way to travel actually. If well, we to depend on the internet, we're like it's like when you're losing your phone, it's like you're losing your arms and your legs. Like I can't yeah, go yeah. anywhere. Yeah, no money. Yeah, nothing. no money. <laughs> I I feel like though I I have to say the the phone. I don't think it necessarily ruins it. Like, the only reason I have a cafe here and I'm married to her is because I had a phone, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like I wouldn't have been able to uh, engage in the culture from this side. So I just feel like it's a, it's still, you're still exploring a culture. You're just doing it from a kind of different surface. Um, it, it's, like here, for example, you know, we were able to find a car, which would have been really hard to do, I think, without a, a phone and, and being able to, like, call around and, and see this and, you know, look up that information or being able to find any of the equipment for the cafe. Like the wood was totally uh, uh, found from using the phone, uh, asking around on online forums for this island. And our espresso machine would have been impossible to find. Uh, And even the smaller espresso machine we have, we couldn't have ordered it without that. So I just feel like the phones fundamentally changed uh, the traveling. And uh, I think we can sort of look back with nostalgia because it was a long time ago but also there was it was a it wasn't a different experience yeah. i just think in general we just are ourselves and we feel like ourselves now we have this tool that's the phone and we do suffer when it's gone or when the wi-fi is out but i think it, it's it's somehow it's a kind of improvement but it mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. can be misused i think it's both in a way it's like uh, yeah, like the, 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 the way. Da- there's the, a bad way yeah Right, totally. Kind of, it's up to how you use it. I mean, like, let's say, I don't know, like TripAdvisor or something. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's it kind of leads to that you have a place which mm-hmm. like it gets to, it goes totally viral and everyone goes there and mm-hmm. kind of spoils the experience for everyone else. Mm-hmm. But how would you be able to find it in the first place? 
if it's yeah. just somewhere at the road because you yeah. although we have to say this cafe we just found by accident just on the road yeah. we, <laughs> we went outside for like we rent a scooter yesterday mm -hmm. and we wanted to return it mm -hmm. and the guy was late and mm. uh, running late and we couldn't reach him on his phone he's always running late <laughs> you can never reach him on his phone yeah. <laughs> never, he's never been there no okay so um we thought okay um because we yeah had to get some money back and mm -hmm. thought we'll just wait wait it out and mm -hmm. we saw your cafe and just came in mm -hmm. by accident so mm -hmm. it still happens mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, still totally happens. true yeah. yeah otherwise we wouldn't sit here now yeah keep <laughs> this in mind with your phone you can always just like throw it in the ocean if you're sick of it and you don't need it actually you, yeah. can, you can always go back to the the old version yeah. you don't always have to use the phone I think sometimes people do Get, get too addicted to it but yeah you can always just like leave it at home and go for a walk and we turn it off for a month and yeah. <laughs> yeah. <you> can survive <laughs> yeah. we met this guy in Japan um, he was um, I think in his 50s maybe or maybe even 60s and he was like a French guy and he was traveling without his phone and he had his whole like trip planned and book, booked everything in advance But um, usually on booking, they send you like a code for the room or something mm -hmm. like that. But yeah. he didn't have any access to it. He didn't have any access to his uh, Gmail account either okay. because you have to have like this verification with the phone yeah. system. And so we met him because he had like rented a room in the same hotel as we did. Mm -hmm. He's like, I, I don't have a phone. And we were looking at him and was like, okay. Yeah. Like totally <laughs> confused. Like yeah. also the, the hotel owner, he was like, yeah, he didn't have a phone. Thanks, guys, that you were picking him up and we like texting him so that he yeah. can get into his room. And, but yeah, it was, it's a different experience because you, it's, yeah. it's not as convenient maybe because you have to ask more or a yeah. little bit slower maybe because you have to, I don't know. But if you're traveling, that's like one of your essential actually. Like you need that because you have to Boy. like look for like... You need to like search for your upcoming like destination exactly. and your booking mm. and everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. That is a good like a good benefit for phone. But I'm just worried about the teenagers because they just like Instagram, Facebook, like all the time. Like oh, that's only my main concern actually. But mm -hmm. for us, like the adults, like they know we have our brain. We know like what's good, what's bad for the for the internet actually, and the mm -hmm. users of it. So. It doesn't bother me much yeah. for the adult, but the kids, oh yeah. Yeah, Even I mean, all of us Malay. grew up without phones and we, yeah. didn't, we yeah. didn't die, you know. I mean, we kind of managed. We yeah. managed, yeah. yeah, yeah. But kids nowadays is just like three years old already got a smartphone. Yeah, because <laughs> everybody, they buy the new phone every year and then they just <laughs> give the old one to the kid and... There's all you'll see this in Malaysia with the family. The you know the the dad's got his head in the phone, the mom's got his head in the phone, and then the kid has the one with the broken screen, but he's still into it too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. well, my parents like their phone is still the, the old school with the keypad and like. <laughs> oh yeah, your yeah, your parents the, are really old school. Yeah, my parents really. Old your mom school. doesn't know how to turn off the TV. She needs. She needs someone else help. Imagine that she don't even know the button, which one is the on <laughs> and put off. On the remote. Actually, yeah. Turn off the TV. I'm, I'm talking about one button that she needs to press. Like, wow. <laughs> no, like she needs someone oh, else man. to do it. But is it your first kid that you're expecting, or yeah? yeah. And he's kicking all the way now. Like, uh, he wants to be uh, yeah, like, yeah. on the record. <laughs> Just always moving, mm -hmm. and um, this is. Been, it's been a really interesting experience for me because I feel like in my life I just wanted to, in my mind I just saw my future just like just traveling and just being like 
this perpetual hero of my own life story or something. And I feel like when you reach a, a certain age and you start to like settle down and pull these things together, your mind, at least my mind at least, is totally flipping on it, its head. And now I feel like, like I never cared about this before having, having my own family, but now it's like becoming in the last year, year and a half, like the most important thing I can imagine. Like suddenly, like I, before I just imagined I would be 22 forever and just traveling the world and, and whatever. And, and, and I felt like around um, 25, you know, to when I turned 26, it started to be, become like I, I saw my future like... And you we, already we, got your prophecy from the Indian guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, had my uh, a for, fortune told in India years ago and... Um, and he said, you're going to open a cafe on Lankavi? <laughs> oh, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to travel a lot and uh, when I'm uh, 26... 25 years old? 25? 25, 26? I don't remember exactly. No, it was 25. Okay. The, uh, so before I turned 26, I was going to meet the girl that I was going to spend the rest of my life with. And it came true so far. He also said I'm not going to so get in any car accidents, so I drive pretty recklessly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I have this karmic protection now from the car accident, which might, I think it is coming to effect a few times because the people on this, this island are really strange the way that they mm -hmm. drive or maybe it's I'm the strange one and they're the normal one I don't know <laughs> but it can't be normal to you know have two cars passing you on both sides of the oh, lane yeah. or in the oh, middle no. just like yeah. <laughs> crazy yeah, maybe you can explain because you're just we're talking about the island about Lankavi uh, Lankavi where we are right now what what's about uh, the special uh, like the, the what do I want to say what, what about like the, the special uh, Ah, the, the duty-free status, because here it's like duty-free, basically like in an airport. Mm -hmm. So is it because you, they want, or the Malaysian uh, government wants to have a connection to Thailand? Because it's like, for people who don't know where it is, it's like basically right mm -hmm. at the border between Thailand and Malaysia. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not an expert or anything about, about that situation. It's definitely... An economic thing and I do think rarely governments make decisions that are logical or for the benefit of anybody mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think they just make decisions because somebody a long time ago made a similar decision and they're just heading in that direction I'm not sure yeah. but as far as the duty-free thing I think it they were trying to stimulate the economy on this island mm. by encourage by lowering the taxes and making it easier for people to uh, start businesses and stuff um, But then it's also like, well, why don't they do that to the whole country? And it's like, well, they need taxes. So I don't know. I don't know all the Not motivation either, behind that. It's like that. suspicious to me because like the duty-free, like, but actually I can say it like there's three islands that are now in Malaysia who got duty-free. Mm -hmm. uh, it was Labuan in, in Borneo mm -hmm. and then Tioman and Langkawi. Just these three islands that got this specialty, mm -hmm. the duty-free one. Do you but think it's because of the tourists? They want to attract the I tourists? I think so, because... All, but Labuan is not that really... It's not that beautiful, actually. Yeah. Like, because it's really developing island, actually. Is that near Indonesia at all, or...? No, it's, it's close to Sarawak. Okay, because yeah. that's on the wrong side. I mean, yeah. uh, Langkawi is on the border, but this other island is duty-free, similar in a similar way as Langkawi, but it's nowhere near any other countries hmm. and it's not even a very nice place to go no. <laughs> so I don't know <laughs> Labuan you mean 
Yeah, Labon. Tioman is still in Peninsula. the West Coast, right? Yeah. Tioman is duty-free or not? It's duty-free. It's duty-free. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's also by the border, though, so we're too... But too maybe you have to be an island, <laughs> at least. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's got to be an island, <laughs> It's got to be an island, and you can get a duty-free. But for me, like, the duty-free, I can, I can, like, recognize them. I can identify them between the original one and the duty-free one. Because the sizes are different. The sizes are different, and the quantity is different, and the taste is different, too, actually. When I drink the original one, I never get headache, even though I drink <laughs> half of the bottle like that. Okay. But when I drink the duty-free, it's like, give me headache, like really hard. Really? You think it's a different just, product? Just yeah. one, one drink. As far as I know, when I, when I look online, all these websites say that the duty-free is the same. But Noi really feels like there's a difference. And I read online too, uh, forums and stuff, people saying, yeah, that's not quite the same or something. <laughs> I can't yeah. taste the difference. <laughs> So Maybe there's a conspiracy the in there. The quality of the, mm-hmm. let, let's say, like the tequila. It's like the colors of the original and the Rudy Free one. You can see it's, different. it's really different. Oh, yeah, that definitely means something's different. Maybe it's because it's from different places. Yeah, and this is also weird. You know? <laughs> this is also weird. I, I, I was sort of getting on board with this conspiracy because whenever I buy uh, any vodka from the store, I buy this Russian Alaska vodka, whatever. And... Um, It's never sealed. None of the bottles mm. I ever buy from the duty free. Yeah. So you can go in the duty free store and just unscrew the bottle and pour it out on the floor. Yeah. There's no seal or thing, and it's that's not a good fishy. sign. It's kind of fishy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and the um, they just like refill it with the the leftover, you know, <laughs> yeah, the leftover alcohol from each bar that they can collect. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's back. kind of a mystery, but Lingkawi I think is really different than Thailand. Uh, economically, uh, partly due to the uh, duty-free thing, but also they have a lot of laws with the government here that prevent or make it riskier for foreign investors. Hmm. So, uh, whereas in Thailand, like anybody with like a hundred dollars can like open a bar on a beach or whatever. In in Langkawi, and I think it's across Malaysia, but especially in Langkawi, they have a lot of rules that just sort of yeah, put a bunch of nails in that coffin, really and eventually it just it's it's not practical unless you're married to a foreign a, a local or, or you are really rich yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's oh you have to be either you're married to a local to make a business here or you're like super 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 rich hmm. uh, and then you can get this special visa everybody in the middle is just kind of cut out which was a good thing for the beaches here because mm-hmm. in Thailand they just cut up the beaches and sold it you know by the meter or something and then the entire beach is covered with a bar and then they like then there's the bar in the sand in front of the other bar and then there's like a layer of people running around with coolers you know and then you got to walk through all this just to get to the water you know yeah and then people selling sarongs and stuff you just don't see that here and i think it's because uh on the beach here the minimum purchase for a land is million ringgits mm-hmm. which i think that's, that's the minimum That's like three, almost three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know how much it was in euros. Mm-hmm. I think um, they they It's made two, this two, around the two, same two, as a dollar probably by now. No, two hundred yeah, thousand, I guess. Okay. Because it's divided by five, and then it's the euro price. Yeah, so. yeah. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so it just discouraged people from just casually leasing or renting a small portion of the land. Uh, And, and building a random bar, yeah. but also the liquor license thing here—it just you just can't get it. Yeah. You just cannot get it. Um, yeah. 
unless you're like born in Malaysia and you're Chinese, Chinese or something like this very <laughs> specific. Yeah. Or you have a lot, lot yeah. of money again, yeah. probably. Yeah. You can, yeah. There's bars here though that don't really have licenses and they still operate. And that's also like, it's possible, but it's risky. So again, it's discouraging the wealthy investors who, mm. have, you know, who are actually thinking like, this sounds kind of fishy. Actually, the <laughs> yeah. bars is like, they just use one license to, from, from this one person who like eligible to have that certificate. Yeah. So they just like maybe have a share with him, like cut maybe 30% off. Like yeah, percentage of the for profits. the commission for this one guy who got the license, yeah. and each one of the person can just like okay, they're gonna print out this certificate, and then oh, we have this, like we have this, we can sell the liquor, like but us is like totally like I'm a Muslim actually, so I can't <laughs> can't get it. Yeah. What about you guys? Do you have a liquor license here? Or? No, no, no. Um, but you wouldn't need one if you wanted to sell like Heineken or just. Yeah, I'm not we, sure. We do. Yeah, I'm we just afraid it. to do anything like that, just because. Uh, it's not in a spouse visa yet. He's still like. A, I, yeah, I'm know. in the middle. I'm Imbecile. sort of in the. Still. <laughs> <laughs> so you're on a, on a uh, work visa now, or? It's a uh, it's a tour, it's an extended tourist visa, extended due to marriage. I need to wait a few more months, and then I can apply for the spouse visa. The visa process is extremely compli complicated just to get married just to get married it's like it took us at least three months yeah and this isn't just waiting this is flying around the country to different no. offices get getting stamp. a stamp a signature going back getting another thing then going back again getting the stamp taking it back to them it's just absurd absurd and we still haven't seen our <laughs> marriage certificate mm -hmm. it's they, not coming yet i don't know when yeah we have a like temporary, original one yeah we have a temporary one but the the original one is like We'll send it in two weeks. We'll send it in two weeks. It's been like how many months two now? Months. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but where are you originally from? Like uh, originally, originally. I mean, we were traveling a lot, but. So I was born in Michigan. Yes. And I pretty much my whole family is from Michigan, back, 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 and um, I grew up there. And then I just decided. So. I grew up in Michigan. Then I decided. I I don't know. I watched some movie or something like. Eat, pray, love, or something, and I had it in my head that I want to like run away. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, the, the beach, beach or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to um, Hawaii. I think when I was seventeen or eighteen or something, and I had it in my head that I was going to like live in the jungle. But my whole life before that, I'd been uh, homeschooled when I was young and kind of isolated. And then I couldn't go to. I went to school for a few years and then just never finished it. Um, and so I had this sort of weird picture about the world, you know, and then I went to Hawaii and I was like, what the, what the fuck am I doing here on this yeah. island? <laughs> I have no money. <laughs> I have no hotel. I don't. And that was before the phones too, you know, so I, I had like a candy bar phone and I could call my mm. mom, you know, that was it. And uh, like the Nokia one, the one you can use as a weapon. Like your parents, the phone, like the phone oh. that you Yeah, have. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you can throw it to the dog. It's a very <laughs> small screen that's like eight pixels by eight pixels. I don't know. And, you can um, play the snake game. Yeah, oh, yeah. The snake game. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But you played snake uh, for real in the yeah. jungle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, well I never made it to the jungle. I kind of, uh, it didn't work out so well. Ended up calling my parents, help me, you know. So, I, mean, I mean, also Hawaii is very expensive. It's very expensive. It's not the, hotel, the best place like, for yeah. being under twenty. And just like I don't want to sleep on the. I feel like now it's it's so funny. Back then I had it in my mind that I would just go there and like live in the jungle or something. It wasn't clear, mm. 
And, but nowadays, like, like we, we have, we've, our, uh, me and Noah have gone and set up a, a tent on the beach, and it's fine. It's not like suffering. But there's something about being 18 and not having money and like w- w- having never been outside of Michigan and whatever. So my parents uh, sort of rescued me and helped me book a hotel, which I was not old enough to book a hotel. So that was the whole other thing. It's just like, <laughs> but it was like two or three hundred dollars a night for the like the cheapest one in Hawaii. Wow. It was so expensive. Wow. But anyways, all that passed. Went back home. After a week in Hawaii, this is supposed to be my retirement plan to go and live in the jungle forever. Went back home, and I was like, that was really weird. I'd met a lot of weird people on the island. Uh, these people from, I went to a church, and they took me spearfishing and all this weird stuff. And like, I had no idea there was like this whole other world out there. I think a lot of people in the U.S. are just sort of in this box, and they're just like, go to work, come home, and the world is very, very small. I mean, they have the internet, but... Their, their feeling of the world is really, really limited. But I went back home uh, after Hawaii, thought about like, the amazing thing about that is my thoughts were like, this was the amazing thing was that I could get in a plane and go to another place. And there was other people there doing mm-hmm. stuff I never even knew was a thing, you know? And uh, that really fascinated me. So I just uh, sort of put my head down, got this job doing the ca- cabinetry, uh, worked for a few years, uh, two years, uh, saved up like 20 grand and then just got on a plane and I just disappeared for like almost two years uh, for that, that trip and went all over Asia and all over stuff and all kinds of weird stuff. And that was like the best. I'm so fortunate that I did that because that was like the best thing I could have done when I was like 20 years old. Mushrooms. Just like go to, yeah. <laughs> Much <Girls. laughs> Yeah. Just like seeing, <laughs> seeing this part of the world and just like, it wasn't even that I saw Thailand or experience. I just saw the backpacker circuit mm. and all these like people from all over the world doing The, the banana tray. The, bana- <laughs> the, the, the banana pancake, pancake, pancake trail. Yeah. yeah. And just doing that and the, the bar crawls and like, I didn't even know what a bar crawl was. Mm. Like I didn't even drink any beer until I was 20 years old, you know, like, but then going into this world of backpackers where they're doing bar crawls and, and. Drugs. And drugs. <laughs> no, just just crazy, just crazy, just crazy stuff, and uh, and yeah. mushrooms and mushrooms. And mushrooms. Yeah, <laughs> again. Yeah. And uh, yeah, two years of that. I uh, went to Australia and tried to work there. Totally crashed and burned. Yeah, mm. I All didn't have the. Money's gone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I, I did make that money last for like two years. But I went to Australia to work. And maybe that's where I burned almost a quarter of that money, just trying to like get my feet under me, trying to get a job. But I just had like three or four bad luck, bad luck things kind of happen in a row where like had a job, fell through, got another job, fell through again, got another job. They fired me and didn't say why. They said they didn't need any more employees. And then I worked on a farm and the, the season was late. So they, we didn't have any work to do. And like that was when I had my last thousand bucks. Like, I got to go home. Like bing, 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 bing. And the, all this time I'm spending a lot of money to s- just, you Survive. know, subsist in Australia. And uh, it, it didn't work out. But my friends, they had, you know, some bad luck, but they had enough good luck they were able to stay. But I had to go home and uh, work again and then went traveling and then... So then you went uh, back home to Michigan. Yeah, back yeah. home to Michigan for a little while. And uh, maybe just worked again at the cabinets for a few months. And then I started getting into this computer stuff again. Uh, and then just blasted off again and then just banged my head against that until it started working. And then maybe a year or so it was sustainable. And then, 
years after that. Go, traveling, going home for a, a few months, maybe just a month. Because I realized for the first trip, the two years trip, that was too long to be away from my family. Like when you go back after two years, you're like a different person and they're different people and there's this huge gap. I really think it's not good for travelers to be gone for more than a year or something. Just go home once a year, just say hi to everyone, check, check back in, <laughs> then yeah. blast off. Yeah. Do you remember what was uh, like one of your first thoughts about being away uh, for such a long time? Because we, like for us, we're traveling, mm -hmm. or we, we're, like, like we said, we're planning to travel for 12 months. And now after one and a half months, we like realize things. For example, that, oh, we're, we're kind of bored now. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's one of the reasons, but we kind of like saw that coming. So yeah. we thought it's, it's good a, to have it's a yeah. to project. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird feeling being bored, actually. I mean, yeah. the first, like the first four weeks were just like vacation time almost. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, okay, what can I do? I can read, I can draw, I can, I do stuff on my computer. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we have the podcast, we have some little projects on the side, but still it's not really like, yeah, we don't have to do it you know what I mean mm -hmm. it's not like it's a, no, no one is depending on us doing anything we could mm -hmm. just like lay around all day yeah. and it's it's a weird transition to just have that feeling do you mm -hmm. remember that like going somewhere and then like being like well I felt like when I first went traveling to Thailand I was I just remember Like Hawaii was hard because I was, I was younger and I didn't have, you know, resources. But when I went to Thailand, like I did have a phone that time, but you had to press the screen really hard. Didn't have maps. Um, couldn't do videos, uh, but I could look stuff up in the, in the hostel. But I remember my first thoughts being just completely like, what the fuck? Like when I went to Thailand, this is a, a, a hellscape. Like I, I was not prepared to that. I thought like I went to Thailand. I mean, I went to Hawaii, you know, it was great. You know, I, I handled it for a week, you know. <laughs> I don't know if that's what I told myself. And then I, I, I worked and went to Thailand. I thought it's going to be just like in that movie, you know. And it was just like, whoa, 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 complete shock. The airport, the madness, the taxi, the, the crazy driving. And I was just completely like, I need to get out of here. I need to go to college or something. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't do this. So literally within like just a few hours of Thailand, I'm already like looking at flights home. And then I, I just had to do this just executive thing with my brain and just be like, if, you, if you're going to stay for a week, if you still want to go home after a week, you go home, but just you're going to stay for a week. And like, I mean, a week later, like I was on an island, I had friends, everything was okay. So my, my first thoughts coming to Thailand was just like utter shock. I, I mean, I'm just from Michigan and... Everything is like managed, like proper and polite. Everyone is like... yeah. Everything really is in good, order. Man. The streets are yeah. straight. Yeah. And in th I mean, and I didn't know how to do basic things. Like I felt like when I first went to Thailand, there would be days where I feel like I could hardly name a single recognizable thing in my day. Like in, in Michigan, I'd never ridden a taxi before. I'd never ridden on a scooter before. I, my brother had a motorcycle, um, but going to Thailand and like a mini mart. Like I, there's, there's no, we have a 7-Eleven in Michigan, but I've never been there. Um, but just oh, this whole world of just like, how do I function? What do I eat? You know, where do I order food? Can I go to a restaurant? Even before going to Thailand, I've never gone to a restaurant and like ordered some food for myself. So it was just like, everything was just like, whoa, overwhelming. 
And just figuring out how to get food was like, I was so proud of myself for that. <laughs> like eating in the, the hotel, like I would just pretty much spend the whole day in my room and then I would go downstairs and I would eat at the little cafe at the bottom of the hotel. And like, I was like so proud of myself. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then somebody was talking about an island and I didn't research anything about Thailand. I didn't know anything about it. Like I didn't say what to do in Thailand. It just sounded like a faraway place. I just wanted to just, just throw myself there and, I, and, and then it would just happen or something. And it yeah. did. Like, I was right on some level, but it, I didn't appreciate that it was going to be hard at first. But once I figured out that you could go to, like, a tour guide or, and then buy a ticket on a bus and go somewhere, like, that was when, like, whoo, everything just opened up. Suddenly, like, I'm here. I want to go there. I just go to the guy who has the little ticket stand and just say, I want to go here. And he's like, sure, that'll be 300 baht or whatever. Okay. Then get on a bus. And it just... And they're never exactly specific where the bus is or exactly when it will arrive, but just somehow it works. And I think that's something that uh, when you first start traveling, you're sort of impressed by is how everything just kind of works out, even though it's like the spinning chaos, uh, random, random stuff happening, but it just sort of works out. What did, what did your family uh, think about this? Because like at a certain point, you would have to say to them, so that's my... That's my game plan, basically, to He's like take a special kid in his family, actually. <laughs> like well, I have kind of a big yeah. family, so, I mean, I have, um, there's five kids, and I'm wow, exactly 12. in the middle. Yes, you, you have 12. a crazy... Twelve siblings. Twelve <laughs> 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 is crazy. I think five kids is a lot, you know, and I can kind of disappear. I think they, your parents don't even know all the kids. Like, I don't think they met them all. <laughs> I know. Like, they don't, they don't even mind if I didn't go back home for, like, eight years. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, I'm the nine of my siblings. So, Number yeah. nine. <laughs> if one doesn't come back, there's still 11, you know? Mm -hmm. there's, there's still 11 more siblings. Yeah, they're all over them. the world. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, your family is humongous. Of course. Like, I my dad got 16 siblings that is alive. Wow. And my mom, mom, my late mom, got at least nine all alive and all of them have 12 kids. yes and each one of them at least eight to ten kids in that family so i don't know which one is my cousin maybe you just easily like have a hundred cousins <laughs> yeah. easily has a hundred cousins and they live everywhere or yeah they are everywhere yeah a lot of people in malaysia move to saudi arabia mm -hmm. or they're any country over. around asia they're very uh uh I don't know, we read something on Facebook, something about the interracial marriage is trending yeah. or something. <laughs> it seems like every other person is, is married to somebody from another country and then they go to live over there or they come over and live over here. It's pretty common. It's, it's pretty common. It's trendy. It's trendy. <laughs> Could you imagine living in the States? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I don't think she would like it, actually. I, I don't know me. Like, me, I got like a really sassy mouth sometimes. <laughs> I, I feel like American people would be completely fascinated by you. you. They wouldn't even know how to process it. Like you'd come into a room and they would just be like, like everything about her, the way she talks, her body language or whatever is like, it's super interesting. Um, and it's not like all my... Like, <laughs> I don't know, like, no, I just mean it's the thing you say. I, maybe it's just because I just, I don't know, I just love you so much. But it's Aww. like, it's like, no, it's, it's like... Yeah. <laughs> it's like everything you say, just the way you say it, just like every day, like something totally new, like what the fuck? <laughs> and, and, I, and I really... That's what he always said to me, like I'm like a never-ending person, like there's something I want to do every day. Yeah. Like, I, 
for me like bored it's like sometimes I feel bored but for him like when he look at me the way I live my life like your life is so amazing like you can make a novel from your life like, yeah of course <laughs> like yeah I can <laughs> but tell you my life experience it's never gonna stop <laughs> yeah it's never end and and the stuff we do together the mm. uh, adventures and stuff just like it's always something it's random funny. it's like uh, for, for me I, I feel like I live my life you know pretty on the edge or whatever but not really because I feel like as soon as I, I met her like suddenly it's just like a pinball machine like around the world we've been yeah. we've been traveling around We're asia traveling. in all kinds of weirder situations arguing arguing around the world <laughs> yeah we argue until bali, until bali. where else oh, uh, no not vietnam cambodia everywhere it rained the whole time yeah. we went to cambodia for a month and it did nothing but just pour rain oh no yeah like we went to mega yeah. Like we want, I want to see the beaches. Like they said, it's the most beautiful beaches in Cambodia, compared to where I work. And when we get there, it's like storming. And our hotel is next to the river, and the river is like muddy. You're like, hmm. and there's a lot of mosquitoes. Like, okay. so it's like, sounds like a great experience. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't at all like what I imagined. I'd been there before, and it was like amazing. And then we went there, and it was just like, uh. yeah. and then I realized. You know, a lot of what I like about country and the places I visited was just like the, the chance of what happened that time. Yeah. Also, I didn't the weather. get to try mushroom. All the time. Like, <laughs> he promised me, like, we're going to try mushroom in Cambodia. And then we couldn't. And then we go to Bali. I want to try the mushroom. So we get the mushroom and then it's just like three pieces. So it's like, it's, it's not, it's, this is not it's worth enough it. for headache. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try mushroom. Now I'm pregnant. I will not gonna be able to try the mushroom. Don't try mushroom. <laughs> like, it's when? the whole time we met in Langkawi, and the whole time they're just growing here. You just go and pick them. So we went around the world looking for mushrooms. <laughs> I, I had a fun experiences with that. I thought it was fascinating. I'm not interested at all to do it again ever in my life. Uh, I did it a few times, and I thought yeah. that was enough. Interesting. That's cool. But then telling her about the experiences, then she was really like. Interested too. She, I'm going to. She wants to defeat it. Yeah, I mean, like, because she wants to defeat I do, the mushroom. I do a lot of stuff when I was, you know, rebellious, like weed, meth, and everything. But I so common I, though. That I already like forget about it. But I really want to try this mushroom experience because it's not addicted, right? Not really. But it just you go into this another world, like. I don't know what he yeah. explained to me. Like it's fascinating for me to listen to it. Like I want to try it. Like I want to see the the, the letters moving. All these people yeah, yeah. like crooked. You yeah. know? But, <laughs> but did you end up taking it then, or oh, no. no? No, no. Maybe when your kid is old enough, you can do yeah. it together. You can do it. To, <laughs> he can got do it the together. seed though. Yes. Like he planned to like grow. Oh, the don't mushroom. say that on the podcast. <laughs> 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 edit it out. Okay, okay. We're, we recently the the topic went uh, down a, uh, a bad a bad road. Have you tried mushroom uh, though? <laughs> I haven't. We're starting again. No, I don't want to. I think yeah. it's too freaky. Too freaky I, I for my. But team. me, I have a like a stress problem actually. Mm-hmm. Like I was a stressful person in, in like. Before I met him, my life is just like dark, dark. I was worried that you'd that's have why a bad I'm brownish. experience. <laughs> like almost burnt. I was like worried that's my stress. I was worried that's why you'd have a bad experience if you if you took. But also, you said like scientifically, like it can help the people with stress, like with stress and everything. They can see. Mm-hmm. There's 
another way for you to be not stressed, calm, peaceful yeah. person. Actually. I think it kind of there's some uh, people puts a wall between you and the the past. It, it makes the past a little bit further away. I don't know when when you take mushrooms, it feels like it, it's a, it's a lifetime or like a hundred years, and then everything mm. before that is like just more in the more in the fog. I think, but my memory's terrible in general. So maybe it's just that. <laughs> I hope you didn't forget the sun, though. <laughs> Where are you again? Where am I? <laughs> yeah, I think I think it can be a great experience. Mushrooms are like hel uh, hallucinogenics in, in general, but kind mm -hmm. of uh, depends on like the set, the setting, everything. So it can be yeah. a very fucked up trip if you like, yeah are in a like in a back or in a bad background, so to say. Yeah, and and uh, in general, I think Asia is. Unless you're in like some tropical paradise island in the early morning, okay, that's a great time to take mushroom. But most of the time, it's like mm -hmm. at night, you're in like an alley and you don't even know what mushroom you're taking. It's just yeah. like these people you met an hour ago, <laughs> you know, you're already yeah, drunk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You guys never tried mushrooms? I, I did a couple of years ago. Whoa. But I, I was. Whoa. I, 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 re I remember that I was like in the bathroom, I was sitting on the toilet and I you thought. Into the no, 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 no. <laughs> And I was chewing on that. No, no, not really. But uh, then, like, the tiles on, on the wall turned basically to, to, to waves or to the sea, and I saw, like, seagulls, and I thought for, for I don't know, like, 10 minutes that I was yeah. at, at sea or on sea. Yeah. But it, it has to be more, because it's not only, like, 10 minutes, it's way more, but it's yeah, like yeah. one of the <laughs> most vivid memories I have about it's that. A, but I never a, tried it again, because... Yeah. I mean, we, 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 there was, like, a time back... In the early days of the internet, where you can order them from the Netherlands in Germany, yeah, and I don't know if it was like bad or something, but we mixed it into, but uh, um, no, 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 it was mushrooms, mm -hmm. and we put it in a blender together oh, with, with, yeah, like in a milkshake, or it was like pudding, like how do you say, yeah, but like pudding, yeah. So we mixed it into pudding, but it then was just a gray. Uh, like a jelly sort of oh, yeah. yeah it was like chocolate pudding but yeah, yeah. and then Not because good. we didn't have enough we, we mixed it together with vanilla pudding as well mm -hmm. so it was just a grey like, like stuff you would uh, I'm, I'm sure you used it to build the cafe okay in a way. okay cement <laughs> was, uh, like cement in a way. what are we going to do with this just throw it away but it didn't work <laughs> so we just like four guys being like 15, 16 years old, eating like this wow. horrible stuff. So you paid for, for it twice. You had yes. to buy it online and you had to eat it. Yeah, but <laughs> totally. Didn't, didn't your parents also find it in the freezer? Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that, what is this? I'm, I'm sure uh, that's the same. Yeah. yeah. No, but, uh, right. That's the stuff I Maybe was it ordering. works now. <laughs> Just needed some time. Putting it in a fridge in yeah. like our basement. And I don't know, like six or seven years, because they found it. And I was like, no, no, it's not mine. Uh, but it's from a friend. I I'm, I, actually, I'm not even sure it's what it is. It's not Brendan. I have seen it, but I'm just like uh, watching it for a friend. And then a couple of years later, they were telling me, or they were telling their friends the story, and I was there as well at a barbecue. Like, yeah, this one time, Chris, he tried to uh, basically sell us that there's magic mushrooms, and he don't know where it's from. So I was like, <laughs> oh, you know, like all along, all these years. So but for them, it's sort of like a fun little story. And then I was telling them like how everything turned out, and they were just basically laughing at me. Then, <laughs> yeah, that's the relationship I have to my parents. <laughs> yeah. But I know it kind of depends, but especially while traveling, taking drugs is, I don't know, it can be really dangerous. I met guys smoking opium in Laos and like yeah. doing like balloons with like uh, laughing gas in it and 
I don't know. It can yeah can be fun, but it can be or can go horribly. I think wrong. that traveling itself, though, is a kind of a drug, and it's it's attractive to people. It's like you you often see these young travelers, and I think they're traveling because they're they're. This is my theory: is when you're a certain age. I think this is especially true when you're a guy, um, but I think it can apply to everybody. When you're growing up. You, you watch these movies where, where there's like a hero, where there's like a main character, and then you want that to be your, your life. You think mm. that's... Like the know, hero's you, journey. Yeah, you, yeah, you're going on this hero's journey. Um, and, and I think there's a, a certain amount of people who they never come back from that. They keep going. And the longer you, you stay on that journey, I think the more likely you are to just kind of get lost. I feel like there's a strong connection with the heroes who people who look like heroes are often the the people who are the bad bad people who the uh what's the word like uh the Jack Sparrow kind of character you know they have mm. this look but they're actually inside they're really messed up and they're into bad stuff but anyways they have this look this aesthetic and you chase after that uh and there's a certain point where people are like okay that's nice and then they go back and then they move on to the mm. next stage of their life where they're not the hero anymore they're they're uh, you know part of a family or they're a supporting role or something i think that's like the natural stage of growing up but i think a lot of people get under the traveling and they get sucked into that and they they, they get lost they forever trying to be this hero and, and th- uh, then you end up chartering boats as like, like yeah. a 50 year old or yeah yeah you're, you're just that guy like <laughs> island yeah. Oh, you like see that. Tattoos. Yeah. yeah, you definitely see that when you're traveling. When you yeah. go to Thailand or you go to the bar or whatever. At, yeah. You know, at nine, there are there's a bunch of old guys there just drinking beers, and they're just like completely lost yeah. humans. Yeah. I met such a guy in Phnom Penh in Cambodia mm-hmm. uh, in like a in uh, like a pool billiard bar or like a snooker bar, and actually the woman who owned the bar lived there. So there was the bed, there was, but there was also like the bar itself. Mm-hmm. And there was like a snooker table and there was this one guy also from the US, maybe, I don't know, fifth or sixty-ish years old. And he was like totally stoned. And then he was on his third joint and I mm-hmm. had two beer and I was playing snooker and he challenged me. Yeah. So I thought that's, I mean, I'm not like really good, but I thought that's, I mean, what can happen? Yeah. Like he had like three joints uh, and then he played and I didn't play. Because like he went, he got everything in there in one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of in one in in like four minutes or something. And I was like, nope. Okay, give me something from that. Yeah. <laughs> but he practiced probably forty-five years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's sitting there for twenty, thirty plus years and is doing this every night. So yeah, yeah. yeah. He knows the table. Also in Langkawi, they got they got one old guy who really good at it. Yeah, he's always in this sunbar. But I don't know if he's married or not. But definitely, he's not cool, cool though. Yeah, <laughs> he's a, not crazy. He's just like a a guy. He he looks like um, he's maybe Bodyguard. in fifty-five or sixty. He yeah. looks quite buff, but he's kind of a uh, kind of overweight. But I just always he's see him overweight. in the sunbar in the corner, and it's only him playing because he's just so good. Nobody else gets a chance to touch yeah. it. And it's just him again and again and again. There's a whole line of people who just get defeated every night. Just ching, ching, ching. Mm. And it's just, you look over and he's always in, the, in there playing in the corner. Just him. It's lonely on, it's lonely on the top. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 It's lonely at the top. Yeah, pool is one of those games where the better you get, the less fun it is, I think, in, in some way. Mm. Um, and especially, I don't know, in a bar at night with a bunch of drunk tourists. It's not like hard to, <laughs> to defeat them all. Oh man! 
Do you guys uh, think you will travel again when, oh, yeah. when your baby's there? Oh, yeah, definitely. I dream about like running away from him when this baby's born. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's, it's edit like that now. Out, edit that out. <laughs> it's like now or less, actually. We want to run away. No. <laughs> <laughs> we want to show our kids like what is traveling. There's not a culture in this world, not just this. You should see the world like how we see it. Like mm -hmm. not just trap in this one place. We want we we still want to travel. Mm -hmm. I want to travel to Penang actually just well, to eat the pork rice and shop at H&M. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real thing. Yeah. She wants to go to H&M. <laughs> <laughs> So I think uh, if we went traveling, when we go traveling, we're gonna, it's gonna be more planned. Like it's not gonna mm -hmm. be like spontaneous backpack. I've seen yeah. people do that, like they got a backpack and a baby and it seems like not fun at all. But I think it would be going to Rawa Resort. Mm -hmm. We'd love to what, go there and yeah. just spend a few days there. Uh, that's like a, a private island resort where Noi used to work for uh, years there. I love that place there. so much. It's like Maldives. Mm. You just like look in Google, you're like, oh, I want to go. And then when you look at the room price, it's like a thousand ringgit a, a day. Or like, yeah, a okay. thousand ringgit a night. Yeah. But so, I mean, but it's really family friendly. Like you could totally bring your kids there. And you, that thousand ringgit a night is for a really nice room where you could fit everybody in there, you know. So that would be fun. Or we could travel to um, Thailand or something. But it, I think it would be much more... Much more planned, less spontaneous. Yeah. We have probably we, has to be right. I mean, yeah. if, if you have, I don't like yeah. to see yeah. like with the parents here, the tourist parents, like with the kids on the scooter and the and the baby just like on the on the baby carriage. Yeah, so like yeah, no, oh, I, I was so scared. I was like, oh my god, what happened if the baby is moving around a lot and fall down and then the yeah. traffic coming? Like, <gasps> mm. yeah, yeah, I don't want to. Somehow they manage it, but doesn't seem fun. But is it something, I mean, uh, talking about scooters and not, uh, like, is it something that happens a lot? Like, mm -hmm. uh, scooter accidents? Not like, not uh, like sp specifically yeah. babies, but like it's, it's... Yeah, so near our house, I think every month there's a major accident on that Sleeping intersection. Sleeping the hospital always gonna... Every day. Like every a, day there's gonna be accident. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, Especially it's the really scooter. common. Yeah, a lot of the time with the scooter. They're crazy on the road, seriously. Yeah. They won't. They won't tolerate with you, they're selfish. Yeah. It's possible to survive here without a car, but we did the mm -hmm. scooter for a while and it's just like a death trap. It's just like mm. We decided to get a get a car after I got my accident. Yeah, she she <laughs> slipped on the yeah. sand first. when she was driving it. My first accident. Yeah. You you crashed the bike before, didn't you? But it was just falling down. Yeah, it just fall down. Yeah, like, most I never of the... never got like really serious like injury and never yeah. had but well, you were lucky this time it wasn't serious just it's serious well, yeah well you had a you had a road the road rash but she didn't you didn't break any bones no yeah. um i was afraid i did oh, God. Yeah. I, I was like i was screaming for a minute i think like just like yeah. laying on that ground like Kelvin. <laughs> 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 for you, for her, I think when she gets hurt or anything, her reaction is way, way, way uh, over the top. It's like a... <laughs> it's good that you're pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's, it's because of this. No, I, I just mean like um, whenever uh, she gets hurt, I, I think you have this like... Um, you, you have this stress. It's like a stress reaction. Like I see it in your eyes, like the, the shark eyes. You know, yeah. like, like if uh, she hurt herself or something, she will be 
uh, I don't know, it hurts, it hurts deeper, you know. So I was so scared. I was so scared. I'm a woman. I have a lot of emotions. Yeah. <laughs> I can't show just one. I need two or three at least. At the same time. <laughs> oh, man. That's from a comedian we listen to. He's a yeah. really, really hilarious. Yeah, a mushroom guy. <laughs> Laughing and crying and peeing at the same time. <laughs> Who? Oh man, it was uh, um, Joe Coy. Joe he's Coy, a yeah. Mix, mix guy, actually. Singapore dude. No, he's a uh, he's from Seattle, but his yeah, his mom is Philippine and his dad is American. Okay. Yeah, he's really funny. <laughs> you should watch his Netflix. Netflix, uh, it's yeah. comedy. Oh, like, ha! Ah. <laughs> yeah, she loves to watch the comedy. Yeah, yeah I really want to get uh, her into stand-up comedy as well, but it's not really, awesome. It's not just really watch the. So just start with the. Uh, Amy this Schumer. isn't happening. You should be like Amy Schumer. No, she's gross. Schumer, I don't know what's. Her. But Amy Schumer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I like her. You don't like her. No, See, I don't like maybe her. it's just because that. she's because she's stealing jokes. But some because some, <laughs> sometimes she she go over the top like the gross thing like. I'm like, I don't want to hear that part, actually. Like, I know how it feels. Like, I know what it looked like. <laughs> you watch this uh, this show, This this Isn't Happening. That's what it's called. This Isn't Happening. Yeah. Oh, uh, we, we love uh, that. Uh, Ari Shafir? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ari Shafir. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Hilarious. It's, it, the thing that Roy kills Wood me, Jr. though, <laughs> is she plays it on her, 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 her speakerphone. So in the beginning of each episode, they do like a little skit or like a short <laughs> video Internet. and this the sound effects that I'm here I'm like on my laptop trying to focus and then this is like and I'm just like what are you watching and she's just like laughing so hard and I just hear this like crazy thing playing out and I just gotta go and look at it and it's funny like especially the the black guy comedian all of them they, they, they just, all of them all of them just hilarious which one though uh, all of them Kevin like, Hart was it Kevin Hart Kevin Hart is not in the this is not happening, but no, Chris, no, but he had Chris something, but all the black guys, they are so funny. Like, <laughs> the accent, the stories, like, it's surreal, seriously, like, oh god, it's really, really funny. <laughs> Especially the one with the mushroom, like that. Because <laughs> like, I really want to try it. I never had a chance, seriously. How long have you guys been together now, though? I think almost four years this year. Yeah. But we we know each other for like a longer time. We have been we met on a job, like we did an internship together mm-hmm. and we were like in the same circle of friends, but he always had a girlfriend. And then oh, yeah. you're a bad boy. He <laughs> didn't know her feelings. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah but at, at a certain point I didn't have a girlfriend anymore and then this kinda happened. Yeah, <laughs> that's good though. You guys are cute pairs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's interesting also like to travel together mm-hmm. because I think you said yeah. yesterday yeah, probably I'm the first person you're spending that much time with. Yeah, because, and, like, I mean, we said, ever. like, it's okay, like, doing stuff on our own, but it doesn't really happen because it's, always, than one it's always fine to do it together. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Same as him. Like, when I met him, like, you, you know, you're the first guy that ever made me feel like this and you really appreciate my beauty what <laughs> <laughs> you know but you always say like i'm cute and I'm like, i don't i never feel that like <laughs> yeah, yeah. i don't feel that way though but she loves to travel and it's really nice to travel with with somebody and i think it really does i'm like his bodyguard actually <laughs> yeah 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 they they oh, no. what do I... <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to start though but... <laughs> 
So if, if somebody's ever uh, rude to us or something, her, her reaction... Even a kid. Be, she'll go on the offense, you know, to defend our... <laughs> our rights. Yeah. Yeah. We are the interracial couple. You need to respect us now. <laughs> we're trailblazers. <laughs> like, like when we're driving and somebody does something weird. I, she doesn't do it anymore. She's... Calming down, she's chilling because out. Like, but before she would shout and scream at them for no, what the fuck are you doing? Out of my <laughs> because it's not right. Even oh gosh, I just want to tell you this one incident. Actually, I don't know should I be embarrassed of it or should I be proud. But I have this kind of like motherly instinct that when a kid do something wrong, you really need to teach them. But their parents is not she's the not really of all the kids. <laughs> <laughs> So one time we were on a plane, we came back from Sabah, actually, right? To here? Yeah. Yeah. We came back from Sabah to Langkawi. And this kid, we were on the Malindo Air. So they got this TV that I never, ever saw in my life in the airplane. So I was like watching the movie. And this kid, this little kid, God, if I So she just like, it's the, the plane is already landing. So she just like, put her hand on my screen and I, I just didn't do anything yet because I was watching the movie still because I know they want to pass first. She just touched my screen, turn it off. People like, what the fuck is wrong with you bitches? <laughs> <laughs> I was watching this movie. And, then and the whole family like gets up and they're like coiling <laughs> down the aisle and this kid is like, <laughs> I, I, I will, I still tolerate her because her hand is, on the, on the screen and everything blocking my view like oh, it's fine. this is a kid thing I just want to walk by yeah. then the kid is just like fucking with her like, yeah. turn it off, turn it off. Like, <laughs> the plane landed turn it off <laughs> and she's like nope and the kid had no idea what kind of can he just opened no like I just burst that time I'm like and he's like no, we're in a metal tube we're not out yet <laughs> We can't run away. <laughs> just imagine from the outside, yeah. just like just like a fireball coming out of the front and the back. Just, oh, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. And then he was like, "You were overreacting." I'm not overreacting. She wants to punish the other people's kids. You need to save that for your kids because oh, that's why you better be twice to come out. Yeah. <laughs> just a lot of kids that they're not used to strict parents and they they behave really. are you kidding me and she's, <laughs> she's like she's the only girl like in her family and all the the siblings uh boys and even then like the boys are like looking at me what are you looking at that's your it's your girl's like father yeah. actually <laughs> it's not my fault <laughs> god i'm just i don't know i have this problem with how to control my emotion yeah but now she gives warnings though. She's in. Yeah, if, so, if I like, I'm not here. I'm not here. Let's go like to a every time place. when I try to shout to people, like, should I? Should I? Should I do it or not? Like, no, no, it's okay. You, yeah, you will like it because you're here. If not, I will burst. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I still got temper, but my temper is like going down, down, down. But just don't, just don't get angry. <laughs> I will. I can tolerate now. Mm-hmm. It's, because it's of a, him. I think it's a good skill. I, I just, I'm not, I don't want to, I, I don't want to tolerate uh, uh, out of control temper stuff because I just feel like it's something that everybody, I struggle with that 
everybody struggles with that, but we need to improve. And I feel like if I just pretended like it never happened, and just like, in, in, I feel like I'm enabling that. Like I owe it to people I care about to say, look, you're overreacting. That's not acceptable. You need to do this, try this. It makes me feel really anxiety. I feel a lot of anxiety when you're making this scene more worse than it already was. And I just feel like if it's <laughs> random people that I don't care about, I just, I let it. But yeah. I feel like I need to say something because, um, <laughs> but you have so 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 improved. Mm-hmm. You're, yeah, you're like so chill these days. <laughs> Maybe because of this too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it was with, it would be uh, great parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when it's when it's due? November. November. Yeah, early November. It's just like if he want to discipline the kid. Just let me handle that. Yeah. If you want I'll make threats to like, you're going to keep doing this? Want me to call your mom? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, mom, no. And this is great. This is great because she's the mom. Kids always love their mom, okay? And then the dad's the bad guy because he's the one who's in charge of the punishment. But now this kid's going to not know what to do <laughs> because this is the mom and she's the bad cop and I'm the, da- the dad and I'm the good cop, you know? So <laughs> it's like balance. It's like balance, you know? Yeah, <laughs> Okay, oh. we have to write that down, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got a name now, actually. Ryland. Riley. Ryan. Riley. We call him Riley. Yeah. The full name is Muslim name, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> you just can't escape that here. There's no way out of it. If yeah. your parents are Muslim, then you're Muslim forever. Unless you go to another country that doesn't have... Still, if they caught you, they're going to put you in jail. Yeah. yeah. Really? If you don't have a Muslim name? No. If I try to convert to other religion. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the, the I didn't thing. Know. Is it's not a voluntary religion for the most part. Almost all of the new people who come to Islam are just being born. That's mm. they're mm-hmm. born and thus new converts. You got no option. Mm. Yeah, you have your no parents, option. Your and you, yeah, Muslim. and you can't marry anybody else outside of your religion unless they also convert to Islam. So you had to convert to Islam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, but we didn't like, yeah, neither of us could care less about it. But we have to deal with that. If we're going to live in Malaysia, we have to deal with that because it's a religious government here. Yeah, we, don't, mm-hmm. we just don't expose ourselves as a Muslim here. Let it be like secret, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, just like that. We don't way. go out of our way to talk about it mm-hmm. with our neighbors and, and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, there's this, it's a small, annoying thing that's sort of always, always around us. Most of the time we can forget about it, but once in a while it's like, wait a second, this could get us in trouble actually. Yeah, that's why we don't want to reveal ourselves too much to like yeah. Muslim people. Like if we wanted to sell bacon here, for example, yeah. with our breakfast. Trouble. Yeah, we could potentially alienate our customers, bacon. but we're breaking the law. We can mm-hmm. go to jail for that. Certainly I could be kicked out for selling bacon here. And uh, all it would take is us selling bacon, somebody finding out and not liking us, and suddenly they have this... Mm-hmm. the. The, you know the hammer of the government to make us stop doing this blasphemous thing or mm-hmm. something and um yeah it's how, how does it work with your baby then which which uh, citizenship malay well, would it be the, malay malay also well, born in malaysia she's a malaysian woman it's very simple the baby's malaysian hmm. mm-hmm. and obviously i'm on the birth certificate so the baby is also an american now in okay. america as far as that stuff they're really like chill about it they don't have a lot of rules if if it's your baby if you were in the same 
area at the same time as this woman, you're on the birth certificate, it's your baby and it's an American. But in Malaysia, they're way more strict about it. So we got it easy. Since she's a woman, she's Malay, it's very simple in Malaysia. But in order to the baby to have like ID for Malaysian, I need to have the book, like just for him, like the red book to yeah, give it to the, to the office and then the baby will be a Malaysian. If not, it will be like a foreigner. Like Yeah, like there's a lot of problems in Malaysia with that. They have, um, I guess, laws or regulation that I'm leave a lot sure. of people in the gray area with no citizenship at all to any country. So if you're born in Malaysia and you didn't go through the system and your mom's not Malaysian, you're not Malaysian. And uh, you're an a anonymous, uh, invisible person. And then you can't go back to your home country, Indonesia, because you weren't born there either. So you're born nowhere. Mm. So you have no citizenship. Yeah. You can't get a driver's license, own a, own a land, open a bank account. You, can't you have nothing. go to school and everything. And you yeah, you really, can't go to school. And you can't really go back then, right? No, yeah. you can't. You can't. It's, like, it's, it's weird that they have laws like this where there's, there's a huge gap. You know, it's not like once in a while. It's all the time. There's people who have no papers yeah. just from the situation Maybe they were like born like 20% of Malaysian who like doesn't have any ID yeah and they can't get it no. it's super super because easy. you have to go back to square one your parents need to have at least a passport or a birth certificate and then they need to wait at least 10 years to get a visa to yeah. be like the permanent resident and then you can apply for your kid like Maybe I'm gonna go old and die. Yeah. Maybe you can give, visit my graveyard and then I can have my son ID. Yeah, you need yeah. to. Yeah, Crazy. it needs to be all the way back to the. It's kind of the, um, you know, the 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 fruit from the poison tree is also poisonous. So that's kind of how they see it. Like you got to go back to the beginning yeah. and fix that, and then ten years we'll fix the next step, and then the next generation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, and it's impo- it's impractical, practical, impossible for most. Yeah. Of the time. So we were... It Most was, of the people would just give up, like, it's fine, we can just stay here illegally and then just, like, hide when the, you know, the authorities come to check us. Yeah. It's common. Most of the time they do that. It's too bad. I feel sorry for them, actually. Yeah, our son is going to be all on the up and up. Like, we've done all the, the books, we have the book, we have the, uh, our information, we have our marriage certificate and all the things. <laughs> It's going to be okay. But I feel bad for people, foreigners who come here, like a foreign woman yeah. who comes to Malaysia and gets pregnant and maybe they're married, maybe they're not. That is in a, she's in a really weird situation because Malaysia will, they don't want anything to do with that. Okay. Mm. So you're basically, you're, you may have your boyfriend or your husband here, but you can't continue your life here. Like, because your kid is not, can't go to school, uh, an illegal kid who's not on the books. So if you're from an, also if you're from a country, the woman's from a country that has similar laws than the kids, like, uh, where's this kid from, you know, from nowhere. But obviously for Americans, it's, they don't have a gap at all with that. If you're born in America, you're an American. If you're born, if one of your parents is an American, then you're an American. It's really simple. But in Malaysia, there's a big gap. Yeah. But do you also uh, um, get a citizenship in the U.S. then, or? No, I didn't apply for that as well. Well, weird times now. It's yeah. complicated, but yeah. we could apply for a spouse visa, uh, but that could take year, a few years. I think the faster way is to just uh, get married again in the U.S. because you mm. can get a like a marriage visa. Like we're going to the U.S.A. to get married, and then we're going to live there. But you have to live there after that for a certain period of time. 
then she has to wait two years before she can work. Hmm. You don't it's want much, to pay the tax too if he's no longer there. <laughs> yeah, if I live yeah. in the U.S., I have to pay a lot higher taxes. Yeah. Even when he stay here, he still got to pay the tax. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's like it would be possible. We could easily figure it out to go to. I'm okay. Uh, I'm okay like that. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm a Malaysian. Yeah. When you figured it out so far. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's definitely. We we managed to get married here, and it's crazy. It, the paperwork in the U.S. is way less, especially regarding this kind of thing. So it would be easier. But it's just so expensive to live there. I don't want to live there. It's expensive. Yeah. It's cold. It snows in Michigan. True. Um, yeah. <laughs> Snow. <laughs> yeah. I just. I mean. It would be nice to get out from under the the whole religious thing that's kind of going on here, but most of the time it doesn't affect our daily life. I mean, we've, uh, yeah, most of the time we don't have to think about it at all. We're free now. Yeah, we once can in tell a while. People, we're married. Yeah. Yeah, before we're like hiding, you know, like I'm just afraid. I have this like phobia of like. Maybe people might know that I'm a Muslim and I have a white boyfriend. Or like, yeah. So, so before we were married, even that was totally illegal. Mm -hmm. I could get me kicked out and okay. her in jail just for mm -hmm. us uh, staying in the same hotel room or holding hands or whatever. And anybody who didn't happen to like us could call the religious police, and they'd love to make an example of us. Um, and I, I really hate all that stuff. But just generally, the government here though is very small. Like they have all these rules, but. Like in a, in a Western country, they have rules and, and they're very litigious yeah. about it. But in in a Asian country, they have all these ridiculous rules. Nobody follows any of them, and there's nobody to enforce them. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, they have these crazy oppressive rules on the books. But for the most part, um, as long as you just keep your head down, I guess, yeah. they have no effect on you whatsoever. But we'll see. Well, I made it. I didn't go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So hold on on the mushroom stand, probably. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's our thing. I just don't want any any part of that in my life, just because I don't want to break the any more laws. I don't. I don't want to break this. I, I'm okay to break the religious laws because the enforcement there is pretty minimal. Somebody would have to like see it and then report me to the police. The religious police. It's like it's it mm. could happen, but it's like far out there, and I don't do anything in my life because before the obvious thing was us getting a hotel room and we go yeah. to the reception and I'm a white guy and she's a Malay girl and they can look at her name. Her name is, is like a Islam as hell name. <laughs> you know? They're like, yeah, okay. So we got to tell them we're married and then if they had some doubt about that, we could get in trouble, blah, blah, blah. Who knows, you know? But since we've got that figured out, we're all, we're married, we're on the up and up. There's nothing we do in a, in a normal day that breaks any of the rules except maybe selling bacon in the cafe, yeah. which we're not going to do just because it's not worth it yeah. to get in trouble for that. I could get uh, kicked out and then suddenly my awesome life on an island suddenly becomes like this like really fucked up thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of how I see it. I get, I'm more and more paranoid as this, I'm like as Jenga, as a, as a, you know, it's like yeah. Jenga and I'm way at the top. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is great. Got a cafe, got a car, work online the beach, you know, yeah. family, and then, like, I, I don't want to do anything unnecessarily reckless that could potentially mean that I can't 
come here, I get blacklisted from immigration, and then we have to live in Thailand or something, and then what the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, Thailand like on the this. roof with the weird. <laughs> yeah, then I'm like, suddenly, I just right, wanted to avoid this, and it's come true. <laughs> just right on the border, watching over. I could have yeah. had everything. <laughs> But but I mean like drugs in general, it's 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 pretty critical around here, right? It's oh, like those laws that they have all the laws, but nobody cares. Everybody's doing drugs here. Even the people uh, who are saying, ah, okay. "I'll cut your hand off with your drone drugs," and he, just before he cuts your hand off, he's smoking crack or something. You know, <laughs> it's everybody. Drugs is a serious problem in Malaysia. Yeah. <laughs> especially meth. Yeah, especially like, meth. There's, everywhere. Yeah, it's like a machine gun uh. through these families. This meth thing. It's mm. out of control. And uh, religious, non-religious, is getting them all. And uh, I don't, I don't know why. I, I. But is it something you like really see here? I mean, I mean, for, for us probably more so than for us, I guess, because I haven't like seen anything like of the, like mm. the, the, the the typical symptoms of. Because we're from Berlin, and they're like, I mean, it's a <laughs> for us it's, party and drug yeah. scene, and you see them hanging around the subways, and it's like. Uh, I guess I would say in Malaysia, I would say you think it's correct if I say there's a problem with meth with young people, and they're obviously hiding it. Yeah, obviously. And um, you see the, the the a lot of people have the faces where it's like really pitted. Mm. Uh, that's like a meth thing. Um, I don't know. I think meth is. There's no solution for it, seriously. Mm. Because it's yeah. just like a, like a what? Like a seed that you just like throw to everyone. It's just growing and keep growing, keep growing. You can't stop it, seriously. Yeah. It's really, really addictive. For some reason, it's so addictive here. And um, I mean, it's cheap, right? It's yeah, cheap. it's really cheap. cheap. You can get like 10 ringgit, 5 ringgit, already can get yeah. it, man. Yeah. And it, it's making people, um, you know, steal from their families. And mm. it, that's breaking up families. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a it's a terrible thing. But in Langkawi, you don't really see that mm. much of that. But back in when we went to Sabah, I felt like it was much more of a uh, thing a thing going on. Mm. And uh, you had a lot of bad experiences related to that kind of scene. And it just yeah, it's just in her family it was a problem. Mm -hmm. um, My younger brother got. Uh, he's still in rehab now. Yeah, for that thing. I was like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to do. It's actually, it's from ourselves. If you have like self control over it, like, we got a friend actually. He's 18, Noah. Yeah. Yeah. He he really controlled himself from doing all this thing. Yes, yeah. he smoked weed and alcohol, but other than that, he never ever touched yeah, it. Yeah, but he'll tell us stories of all his friends doing yeah. serious hard drugs for fun. And he sees this every day. And uh, we don't go to, you know, high school, so we're not part of that. But what the, the few windows we can we have that we can see into it from our friends on this island and from her family and her younger siblings, it just sounds like it is out of totally out of control. Yeah, like just, you, your little sister had said, there was somebody in her school who's like 15 and she's already like being a prostitute. Yeah, prostitute and like a to get drug money dealer. for drugs. Mm -hmm. It's a 15 year old girl. It's just like this is insane, and it just but sounds like you just like, have um, self control. You can escape that. Seriously, you can. But why are they getting exposed to it so young? It's just disturbing. It's, it's a just real maybe mystery. once in the family. That's just one of the major thing. Yeah, it's running in the family, and I don't know. I don't know because you say it's a self control thing. Well. It well, I've been asked before until one day I was like, 
I was deaf when I'm doing the math because I was overdosed and only my brain actually that still functioned. My friend told me that I was like freeze for an hour. And after that, the next day, I was like, stop this shit. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Like, until now, I'm clean from that. Thing. But mm. I think for you, though, it's, it's, you don't find it that difficult to quit stuff. No, even like, smoking. I, I don't like... She just quit smoking. She smoked for years and then quit in a single day and never thought about it again. And I think for a lot of people, they don't have that same kind of willpower that you do. Like, she has incredible willpower. Like, working on the computer, she'll just, like, put her head down and for 10 hours, like, fucking figure this shit out. Um... And she went in in just a few months. She went from having zero experience on a computer at all to making typefaces, like figuring out Photoshop, Illustrator, the the font software, and um, also um, what was it? There was something else you did that really that really impressed me. Oh man, sorry, my train of thought <laughs> crashed into the mountain. No problem. <laughs> oh, I wish I could remember. My drawing. Oh yeah, it was, you were selling the typefaces and you wanted to be a part of the same website that I was, marketplace that I was selling my mm-hmm. stuff on. So she emailed them with samples of her stuff and they rejected her. Yeah. Five times. And they just, <laughs> she just kept doing it five times, applying again and again and again. And, li- and her emails are just like, I'm never going to stop until you accept me into your store. <laughs> yeah. you know? And then eventually they did. And now she sells yeah. stuff there. Yeah. <laughs> Every day or so. <laughs> And it's a way to go. This is, she's like a hammer, you know. This, yeah. is, this, is, this is why I love to have her around. It's because you can just like point her at something. It's like, smash, smash, smash. Very good. That, yeah. That's totally her personality. So it doesn't surprise me, knowing what I know about you, that you were able to just like shut the door on these things. But a lot of people just aren't. But what's the bad thing about meth? Like, why is it bad? First, it will affect your family and it will ruin your name, like your family name, like all bad, in, like bad impression of your family. Just not, not just you, all mm-hmm. the family. Like, hey, his his brother will do math, his his girl will do math too. Mm-hmm. Like, and then your performance in your workspace, like you will go to work so late, people gonna like people gonna just gonna know you were like drug addict yeah you disappear for days you're, mm-hmm. you're sleeping for two days yeah. or something that's the the bad thing about math like once you take it once you take it like you will have this energy like for three two days or something but then after you shut down your system like you were like dead then yeah. you just crash afterwards yeah and yeah. Then you will like disappeared you didn't go to work yeah. you do you not appear anywhere like people thought like, yeah, it's like you're you're getting like a few days of heaven and then paying for it with a few days of hell. Yeah, you know you're you're you're, you know like when the, people the payoff is yeah yeah it's crazy. And also yeah. in Malay culture, like they if you are a drug addict, they they're gonna steal from the parents. They, you're gonna steal from the bank or anything. They 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 will do a lot of things just to get the math, just to get the money. Yeah, like I think it money. makes people's mindset a bit like. They're, they're kind of uh, thinking how, do, how the creative ways to like steal something or like how to do this or take mm-hmm. the money from them or yeah. I think I think it, that's maybe the, just in general the problem with addiction with like heavy addiction yeah like yeah. you have to have to fix uh, but I don't think they ever change though just even when after rehab or something I'm not sure let's see my house my younger brother do <laughs> like yeah. he's still in there yeah I hope he comes you. out and he's okay but 
I don't know, he's just going to go back home to the same community who introduced him to this. You know, it's like, what do you do? Like, uproot somebody and then put them somewhere else totally? You can't. It's just, it, it's definitely, it runs in, in the family. It's like, it's like smoking cigarettes. If smoking cigarettes made you, you know, like, out of your mind for three days and then sleep for three days, you know? <laughs> you just, you can't, uh, you can't get away. A hell of a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, hell of a cigarette. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was talking once to a tuk-tuk driver in, uh, in Cambodia, in Siem Reap, mm -hmm. where like Angkor Wat is, mm -hmm. and um, he was telling me that he, I think they call it Java or Jabba there, yeah. it's like Christmas, but like the, cheap, the cheaper, the still cheaper kind, um, and he was telling me that him and a lot of his colleagues, his tuk-tuk driver colleagues, they basically have to take it. Yeah. Because they have to like drive all these drunk tourists at night, yeah, uh, to their hotels and to their hostels, and, uh, and then everyone has to get up at sunrise, or the other the other group yeah, of tourists so gets weird. up at sunrise to get to the temple. So they're so doing they drugs like, so they can get more hours, so they can make more. So money. They just sleep for an hour. They smoke. They smoke yeah. some Java, and then they work all day. Then they have like like a like a nap. It doesn't make sense to me. At 10 a.m. Yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense for them as taxi drivers, but it just, it seems like what kind of yeah, I mean, it's side nothing, effect. It must have a major side effect. It's nothing you can do for like more than two or three years, I guess. And yeah, it's like and a lot of them, they are like 25, so between 25 yeah, and 30, you, they look like 45. Yeah, uh, really cashing in their future health yeah. for now. It, I don't like people who, like, they use masks to, like, as a work reason, you know? I don't like that. Because me, I got my self-esteem, like, if I want to work, like, I can work like 16 hours. In Rao, I actually work 16 hours because I was a bartender. Sometimes I even, like, work 18 hours, you know? Like, I just don't get it, why you should take math just to do your work properly. Yeah. I never, I never understand that, seriously. Mm. Maybe it's also to escape from something. No. I never took it, I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. yeah. It, and I can wash like three laundry baskets just yeah. by hand. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wash that <Yeah>. laundry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my house will be so clean if I took math. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think you're a terrible example of that because do you think other people who do math is, are all their houses clean? <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I heard it as a also like a stand-up routine or something where people talk about other people like other either taking like crack like mm -hmm. cocaine mm -hmm. or uh, crystal meth, and they're it's, everything is in order in the house. Even yeah. though they're high, but they like clean everything until yeah. it shines. <laughs> That's a special they do kind all of the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, Like all the paperwork, everything is done, but then you still then you have to crash down. Yeah. Know, uh, mm -hmm. But they said, like, math, if you took math, you can clean everything. Yeah. If you took weed, you can cook everything. Like, what you <laughs> What, really? If you took cocaine, you can dance all over. You like, have to combine oh, it. Yeah, like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the way to go. <laughs> Take everything at the same time, and then you will... I wonder what happened, right? <laughs> you, you had a story about... Uh, taking apart your motorbike, like you and your friend oh. took meth and then like decided to disassemble the motorbike down to oh, wow. every screw and bolt yeah. <laughs> and arrange it all the line. Took it all apart, and we put it like each one of the parts like in a row like that. How, and how long did it take you to do this? Two days. Yeah, so just continuously for two days you're yeah. taking apart the bike. Okay, and then you reassembled it. Yeah, and it worked. Yeah, it worked. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course. It's so funny. <laughs> Take this apart. <laughs> 
go part of bike. So, I mean, I think that uh, meth has a bad name in, in Western cultures just because they're weird. They're like, alcohol is fine, coffee is fine, whatever. But certain drugs are just the worst. Heroin is the worst. But actually, I think a lot of drugs do depend on the people who take them. And uh, some people, uh, like, like if somebody just could just take meth once and just like, mm. you know, do this really hard thing, clean up all the rubbish on the beach or fucking build a cafe or something, you know, like it could give them the energy and then they just stop and move on. But there's this, I think the dangerous thing that comes from it is they're like, oh, this is my new way of living now, mm. you know, <laughs> and then they like the whole life starts to orbit around this ability that this drug gives them whether it's energy or not caring or whatever and then it just all starts to be become that's around a, that's that, a problem you know? with addiction i mean it could yeah. be like sports as well for if you, yeah. if you have like addictive personality yeah and they're just so addicted to watching the sports on tv and then they can't go to work and they're up all night so they're tired all day and you could easily see it happening you could easily see that um hmm. so uh what we're trying i mean that's A lot of time now. <laughs> Actually, we, we don't want to uh, hold you on uh, for too long because it always, uh, already gets dark. But uh, we thought about like a uh, last sentence for our podcast. So we are try, still try or, or like a last question. And we are basically uh, still trying to figure that out. But our first idea was like basically asking you, both of you, because like you were traveling a lot, you as well, you are from somewhere else, you're also from somewhere else. So what, what for you guys, what, what's home? Or what does home mean for you? Because also it kind of fits in like the whole travel and podcast theme as well. I think I never had a home. I never did. My parents' home is not a home for me. Mm -hmm. That is like a cage for me because I need to do something that I don't want to do in that, in that home. So I never found a home until I met him. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think like, Uh, wherever our home is, I, I feel at home wherever she is. And I, I think sometimes um, <laughs> we're, 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 we both have really different personalities mm -hmm. and we don't always get along, but we have very similar values, actually. And I think that's really important. And uh, we have similar interests. So even, even though we might not agree on something, we always you know, can, can find some agreement with the the value of it or we can go and do something together you know and, and go on our own hike or walk or we're literally into the same things we will be in this in the same room for six hours just like working on a computer just like showing us stuff and then we're like we're like okay with that so i feel like that was the the most important thing and whenever uh i'm, I'm with her i feel like i'm at home And whenever, sometimes maybe this is pathetic, but I'll go to the, <laughs> the mini market and I, I feel like if I leave her at home and I go, even go to the mini market or something, I, I feel uh, not right, not well. Which Like incomplete, like even oh. when he, he's here, like when he tried to build the, the cafe and I'm at home like cleaning the house, I feel like oh, I miss him. Like I feel like it's I have part of myself is like gone. Yeah. Like something like yeah. that. Yeah. We're I think we're really for the most part we're kind of back to back in a lot in a lot of ways. And if she's not there I feel like I was missing something. Like I for example, if I'm into a social situation, I feel like I need her to be there. Otherwise I have this like you know, the, the, the inner monologue, the second guessing, you know what I mean? But if she's there I feel like I don't have to. And I don't know why that is. But whenever we're together, I just feel like I just don't give a fuck about anything, what other people think or whatever. But if I go somewhere by myself, I always 
anxiety. Just yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so. Yeah, my home, I guess, is where, where yeah. wherever wherever she wherever is. Wherever you are, yeah. well, you don't seem very happy. Yeah, <laughs> most yeah, of the totally. time. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not. I mean, uh, I can only speak for myself. My my side of this was is I felt like it's really hard sometimes, but you just need to take care of the people you care about. In that you you need to with their permission, say, you know, I have, I've got these problems, you've got these problems, uh, maybe you can help me with my problems and I can help me with your problems. And, and, and like, talk to, like, for example, uh, like the, sometimes you have these outbursts, anger, yeah. overreaction of anger. And she's told me again and again that she, this isn't exactly the way she wants to be, she wants help with that. So then it, I feel like it's sort of my responsi responsibility to when she does this thing, to give like a negative feedback, not always just agreeing with it, just saying, no, no, I don't, this is not good, you're, you're, you're wrong, your reaction is over the top, just take it down a level. And uh, same vice versa with me when I start to worrying about something insane, like I'll, I'll, I'll have these anxieties and then I'll cross it with another possibility and then, then cross it with yet another yeah. one. And then and I, and I feel like in my mind I'm cutting everything down to these fine, fine, fine pieces, you know. And she'll be like, what are you doing? This is stupid. <laughs> you know, you, need, you need to be comfortable um, criticizing each other mm. and then criticizing each other in a way that's not mean. It's a kind way, yeah. a thoughtful way. Just being like, oh, this is, uh, you know, being... So when you get close to somebody, you, you, the closer you get with somebody, the more boundaries you lose yeah. until you have zero, essentially zero boundaries. That's not good because sometimes you'll treat people in, in a way you treat, deep down you treat yourself. Mm. So I think it's important to you know, come together and have that understanding, but also keep a boundary of politeness and kindness with each other and um, keep an eye on the other person a little bit. And if they're doing something that makes you uh, uncomfortable, or makes you associate an uncomfortable feeling with them, they, they deserve to know about it. Because obviously you know they care about you, and you care about them, and you owe it to them to say, hey, when you do this thing, I feel this way. I'm not saying you have to change, I'm just saying I just have this feeling, and I don't know if it's something you can change, or I need to work on this feeling. And sort of being, getting really uh, comfortable negotiating your feelings. And, um, because both of you like want to make you guys happy like both of you like, yeah I want to make you happy you want to make me happy so you have to think about like the things that they don't like like what they see like yeah this is gonna be affect our relationship and everything so I always think like that because yeah maybe this is a good thing for me to change it's not all the thing that he he doesn't like that I'm not agree with it's something that I agree with because I can see the result if I if I act like this what I what I'm gonna get. Oh. Yeah. So basically, also working together to be better humans in yeah. a way. Yeah. Kind of watching out for each other. Yeah. And and in some sense, you have to. Uh, everybody has power over each other and how we allow each other to behave and whatever. And I think in a relationship, you need to get rid of the take off of the the you know this the the covering. Take off the sheet about that and just look at this thing. Hey, we have these words, and we, need, we don't have a word for this, so we'll just call it this new word. And when you create a language to talk about these situations that keep happening, the feelings that are hard to explain, where they might be coming from, 
and, and get talking about that a lot. So you're really comfortable talking about feelings and things that really bug you because deep down every argument or disagreement is not really about that. It's about something else. Mm. Like there was a good example where all conflict is essentially a kind of misunderstanding. As long as you have the same values, it's a misunderstanding. And the example was like, okay, you uh, have this dog you really loved and he died and you buried him in your yard. Turns out it wasn't your yard, it was your neighbor's yard. And then the next, and then years later, your neighbor is building a fence and you can look at the where he's building the fence and eventually he's gonna dig up your dog that you buried, that you loved and you want that to be undisturbed. So then you're like really pissed off at your neighbor. Your neighbor doesn't understand why you're so upset. And actually both of you can agree that, oh, I totally understand about the dog, but you need to talk about the dog. You can't just not talk about the dog and just be angry at your neighbor and he's like, I don't know what's wrong with my neighbor. He's mad at me for building this fence. What's wrong with the fence? You know, it's not about the fence. It's never about the fence. And I think uh, a lot of, uh, some people, maybe they don't dive into the hard stuff with the emotional stuff and develop words and a way of talking about it so that they're really comfortable. Yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah. Also, I think that, like, especially this, like, navigating emotions, navigating feelings, com communication, like, in general, is something that gets easier when you get older. Yeah. I, I think. I mean, um, yeah. I, I turned 30 last year, and I can't, I'm tol I totally know that I acted so differently, like, just yeah. five years ago or six years ago. Yeah. So just with age, like, the kind of wisdom, I would say. Yeah. In, in, especially in your case right now, <laughs> or in both of your cases. Um, That's that a tough kind one. Of, that kind of, it's, I think it's, it's self-awareness. Right? Yeah, your self-awareness self increases. And there's a, it's a double-sided yeah. kind of thing where you, you also can be critical of yourself and see uh, your feelings like, well, I really felt this strongly this long yeah. time ago and it wasn't actually that big yeah. of a big deal. So you have this self-knowledge, but on the other side, you have the anxiety too. That's what I wanted to say because you talked about your anxiety. Yeah. If, I think if you have self-awareness, you're, uh, you're prone to be anxious. Yeah. Just in general. So yeah. it's like there's two, two, two yeah. sides of a coin. Double-sided yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I can say about the anxiety though is you just have to ask yourself like, should I, can I honestly expect myself to have been better? And does every conversation have to have a winner and a loser? Mm. Because sometimes you're just like, just talking and a situation can just happen. And, and you could say, I wish I did this instead of that or said this instead of that. You just gotta say like, what, uh, how should I have, how could I have known to say or be anything else? Mm. And it's like, you just have to give yourself this cushion. Don't be so hard on yourself. Just say like, yeah, sometimes I don't always know what to say. Sometimes I bang my head on the window yeah. and I'm trying to show people <laughs> some building over there <laughs> that happened today. <laughs> And it's got to be like, you know what, just laugh. Not laughing at yourself. I think just kind of uh, forgiving yourself yeah. for being like... Be able to let go. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, sometimes I don't know what to say or all the right things and whatever, man. Just, yeah. you know. Such great last words <laughs> for this podcast. Yeah, thank you guys for having us. Uh, yeah, thank you very no much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having us too. Yeah, your cafe is called the Bonobo Cafe for uh, our listeners who... Mm -hmm. who are not like very uh, yeah. stop count, by. Count, countable <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when they're there yeah stop by it's very nice here. very good iced coffee <laughs> and beautiful Danke. furniture yeah, beautiful furniture <laughs> and even you. greater hosts uh, <laughs> both of you, you. Uh, yeah so thanks for having us and uh, thanks for listening for everyone else out there uh, goodbye <laughs> <laughs> goodbye in Germany again Guten Beigen. <laughs> <laughs> Auf Wiedersehen. Oh ja. Yeah. Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs>
Hello, you guys. Thank you very much for listening to our podcast. If you have questions for us or our guests, or if you just want to see where we are right now and what we're up to, you can find us on Instagram under Coffee Rising Questions. Again, thanks for tuning in and stay curious.